Chesney's Bar and Grill invites you to come on down for a delicious lunch or dinner in a hastily constructed plywood shack. Chesney's outside in the street dining is just like eating inside Chesney's, but with more buses and honking. Enjoy all our classics, like Chesney's Double Pork Chop, served with our famous potato mash and broccoli rob inside an unregulated wood box with a shower curtain for a door. Because of social distancing guidelines, Chesney's is great for parties of up to two people. At Chesney's, when your napkin blows into the gutter, you'll get a new one at no charge. That's the Chesney's way. Chesney's proudly forbids our wait staff from socializing after work. Stefan hasn't had an anonymous sexual encounters since last June. You don't need reservations for Chesney's outside in the street dining. Just step over the steaming manhole and the table is yours. Don't forget to ask your waiter about Chesney's legendary dessert offerings. They used to be on a blackboard, but a homeless schizophrenic stole it. Chesney's is open from 11 a.m. until whenever the mayor arbitrarily decides we have to close. Chesney's Bar and Grill on Sullivan Street. Just look for the plywood shantytown next to a dump truck. You're listening to Questionable Material. Produced in New York by Jack Helmuth and Brian Sack. QMPodcast.com Discount impersonations. Oh, hi. I was wondering um, what sort of specials you're offering today. Uh, well, we've got a wide range. It just depends what you're looking for. You name it, we can do it. We can impersonate it and it won't cost you a lot of money. Uh, that's great because, you know, with the pandemic and all, you know, I've got a lot of austerity measures in place, which definitely extends to my hiring of impersonators. There you go. So, you know, I want to do something that's really going to impress my, um, uh, this girl that I'm sort of courting. Um, you know, is there an impression that you think is really going to make her think like, wow, I got to sleep with that guy. Well, uh, let's see here. We've got, uh, we've got King Arthur. I don't know. <laughs> is he an aphrodisiac? I don't know. I'm not super yeah. big. It on doesn't him. feel like I would know if that's a good or a bad impersonation. Could, is, could I hear the impersonation? Sure. <clears throat> I'm King Arthur. King of the Britons, and I think you and your buddy boy should do it. I could do something like that. Uh, you're a b- buddy boy. Well, I was just going for the old English. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, again, see, I it's like you know, if it was um, uh, you know, Johnny Carson or oh sure, or someone else modern, um. <laughs> like that, I, I would know whether it's a good or a bad impersonation. And I, I just want to make sure that she's really impressed. So, um, well, do you know uh, what she likes? You, you know, her, uh, maybe she's got some kind of uh, a hobby she likes, or there's a movie star she likes. Maybe there, does she have a favorite movie? You know, she, she does. I, I, I know she loves Dwayne, the rock Johnson. Okay. Uh, do I, I, I guess you guys probably have, uh, the rock and me so popular. Oh, he's huge. He's a, he's a big uh, Disney fan. I saw him in Jumanji. Yeah. Yeah. So I just need that impression. Sure. Absolutely. Hey, help me lift these weights. They're super heavy, but I bet you could help me. Maybe you and your buddy boy could, could get it on. Something like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, those are words that came out of someone's mouth. Um, well, Dwayne, so yeah, that's- Dwayne, the rock Johnson. Now you sure that was like the rock and not just like a Dwayne Johnson, maybe that you went to high school with, because that didn't, that didn't 
sound like Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Is it Dwayne the Rock Johnson or Dwayne the Rock Johnson? Because I had Dwayne. the impression he was uh, endowed favorably, and and that's why he had that nickname. But you're you're saying it's the Rock, like like Gibraltar. Yeah, pro- yes, I would think it's Gibraltar. I, I, you know, gosh, probably both are true. So it's not the Rock Johnson. Yeah, no, it's not the Rock Johnson. How, like, how would you change your impression if it was like the Rock Johnson? Mm. I'm Dwayne the Rock Johnson, mm-hmm. and I think you and your buddy boy would be uh, right to get it on. Yeah, it's really the same as the first time you did it. Really? <laughs> yeah, no, I wish you could I wish you could hear it. Um You know, I'm going to go back and watch Jumanji again and then I'll see <laughs> I'll see if I uh, you know, that's part of the problem. The, the more distant you are from hearing that voice, the more your your brain kind of fills mm-hmm. in the gaps. Sure. Um, I was wondering, uh, maybe we could just take out some of that buddy boy language. Cause I, I just feel like that confuses things. It doesn't feel very like sexual. You think so? Okay. I always thought that buddy boy was, was some kind of a come on because that's what the guy at the bookstore used to say when I was there. I, I just wanted to read the Dungeons and the Dragons books, but <laughs> he, he, he would kind of peek his head around the aisle and, and say, Hey, buddy boy, come here. And then the things that happened afterwards Obviously, lead me to believe that Buddy Boy is some kind of a solicitation commenter. Did you guys go through a lot of D&D books? No, well, I tried to read him, but it was difficult because he was rubbing my leg. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, um, how about, um, you know, she's, I I know she's a Dwayne The Rock Johnson fan, but I I also know she's like a big Star Wars fan, which is kind of cool. And she's sort of like that cool type of nerd. I mean, like maybe something like a C-3PO. She's a big C3PO fan. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, she's a big Star Wars fan. So I was thinking C3PO, he's the only, he's like been in every one of the movies. So that sort of would be a safe bet, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, is that, is that someone at a hospital who's just had a heart attack and they're flatlining? That's C3PO. No, that's R2-D2. Would she like that one? Because that's a much easier impersonation to do, to be honest. Yes, it is easier. And no, I'm I, like, just because this is discount, I don't want it to be like, I don't want it to look like I shopped Marshalls. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, C-3PO. Look at the dirty jaws. They're so no. short and ugly with their, with their bleeding eyes. Look at the eyes. The eyes glow. They've got no souls. Kill the, kill the jaws. Please stop doing that. We don't need to. It feels very racist against Jawas. They put the blood of children in their mozzas. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You're just, yeah, you're just an anti-Semite. Um, okay. Good to know. I do keep a list of anti-Semitic businesses. Um, so maybe just like a last one. Sure. Something political, you know, n- nothing to, you know, if you do Trump, you know, it's going to set someone off either way. He's too polarized. It's a 50-50 with Trump. I've learned that in the discount impersonation business. Yeah. So, so why don't we do just sort of like a classic one that like lots of people can do. Let's just do a Bill Clinton to close it up. I did not have sex with that woman. Uh, that was just like an old prospector. Just <laughs> so you know. Did you want the, the old uh, Bill Clinton before, or, or the, um, you know, the Bill Clinton from the 90s? Cause I mean, oh, Bill I, Clinton from the nineties. Okay. Cause the, uh, the, the, the cheeseburger, uh, uh, eaten, you know, cad. Okay. Cause I, that's a bummer. Cause I've been working on the, the more recent Bill Clinton, which is more like, well, who, who, who's that lady? 
yeah, that's good, but it's not as fun and dynamic. You know, I want someone who's, um, you know, uh, going to commit some sex crimes and, and then eat a, you know, triple cheeseburger. I, I feel your pain, buddy boy. <laughs> Let me hear you do an impression of, uh, of, of, of yourself. Those fucking Jawas. <laughs> How you doing, Brian? I'm doing great, Jack. How are you doing? Um, I'm doing well as well. Thank you for asking. Oh, you know what? It's a pleasure for me to ask. Is my radar correct in thinking this is really good content? It is fantastic content, Jack. Yeah, it feels, it feels right. It feels really good. So, you know, it's, it's funny. I wanted to ask you about something. I know that you've been really busy lately, um, sort of getting back into your video game design business. Is that right? Yes. Uh, having watched the success of Cyberpunk 2077. Yep. I, I thought, uh, yeah, I'm, video games are for me. I've always had a passion for designing video games and, and I love to watch people playing them really. And that's why I spend a lot of time on Twitch because nothing gives me more joy than watching someone else play a video game. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and you've been licensed by, um, by a lot of the big companies to, to make some of their, their latest, uh, games. Is that right? That's correct. Uh, Ubisoft, uh, contacted me and, and mm-hmm. CD project red and Activision. And uh, Sega, uh, Nintendo, all the consoles. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. Some of those, some of those consoles still make games. In television, is uh, oh, is boy. is on the phone. Oh, they're on the phone. Yeah. Oh. What and what are they saying? I don't know. They're on hold. <laughs> Jeez, maybe you should just tell them you're doing a podcast. I like people to think that I'm so in demand that I can't take their call. It kind of increases the, the allure. Yeah, that's smart. That's a good way to create, um, you know, false demand. That's exactly true. Yeah, that's great. So I was wondering if I could, uh, you know, I have a list of some of the, the, the video games that you've designed over the last few months. And I was wondering if you could just sort of tell us about your latest games. Oh, I'm excited to. And I, I look forward to you telling me about my games that are on mm-hmm. that list. Yeah. Okay. Well, so here's the first one. Um, Redhead Redemption. Redhead Redemption. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, this was inspired, of course, by uh, the the loathing of of gingers across the world. You know, uh, gingers have it rough. Mm-hmm. My my mother was a redhead, mm-hmm. and and she faced an uphill battle from from the very first day. So that gave me the idea of what if there was a cowboy with red hair. And, and everybody just kind of gave him a hard time. And then, you know, he, he's out West and he's, he's showing people who's boss. Oh, in what way is he showing people who's boss? Because that sounds like something fun to play. Well, mainly he murders people (laughs) and and sort of, it's like a revenge thing. So it starts off and this was my thought. He starts off with uh, 500,000 vengeance points. Okay. And so every time he commits an act, of violence against someone, he, he loses a few vengeance points. And the idea of the game is to work your way down to zero, at which time you satisfied your lust for revenge and you die of pancreatic cancer. (laughs) Now, why have that second part? I I understand, I guess, fulfilling your lust for revenge, but then why have him die in such a, such a rough way to go? I just didn't know what to do after you hit zero vengeance points. Mm-hmm. And I figured pancreatic cancer uh, was a, a good way to take it out. And and what I did was I, you know, he's, he's diagnosed by the, the country doctor uh, <laughs> in Texarkana. 
And then he decides to go the Steve Jobs route and not treat it with medicine. And instead he, he just sucks on uh, mushrooms, mm-hmm. mushroom caps. Whew. I, I've, I've played and won a lot of video games in my day. This, this definitely does not sound like one you want to beat. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. Why not just have him ride off into the sunset? I mean, it's a cowboy game for God's sake. I mean, you could literally just have him kill all the, the blonde haired and brown haired, silver haired people and ride off into the sunset. Well, it's funny you say that. No, that is the end scene. So he's on his horse. He's silhouetted the sun in the background and you just see him riding his horse. And then he just slowly starts leaning to the right. <laughs> And then eventually it drops off the horse. And that's when the credits come up. And of course I'm in the first five credits. <laughs> that's really exciting. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Redhead Redemption, um, you know, out uh, the, the summer. I believe so. Yeah. I mean, okay. unless there's a, another strain of the virus that throws things off. Well, um, I was wondering if I could ask about your next video game that uh, I see that you have coming out soon. Uh, it's called Mega Pimp. Mega Pimp. Yep. Yeah. What? what makes a pimp mega and how do you play the game? I mean, that's what, what's the gameplay like? What, how, it's a, it's a, a 30 meter tall mechanized pimp. <laughs> and uh, so the, but the character climbs in and, and gets into this. So he's, he's obviously got tremendous powers. He's got jet engines that allow him to expand his pimping from, you know, in, in a short period of time. So he can, he can jump from Luella uh, uh-huh. And then just go, uh, you know, immediately blast like 20 miles away and then, uh, you know, pimp uh, Agnes. <laughs> and so, um, you know, Mega Pimp is, you know, he's he's going to fight the Mechatrons and the lizard people. And uh, and he, you know, meanwhile, he's conducting a pimping operation. And how do you how do you win the game? There's a meter at the top of the, mm-hmm. the top of the screen and it's uh, semen units. And they get depleted and it starts off at 500,000. And once it gets down to zero, you, uh, you then get pancreatic cancer and die. Hey, you really like to put your signature on these games, don't you? You know, everybody's got something. Some people have animation styles. Some people have Mm storyline styles. Me, I just, I like my main characters to get pancreatic cancer. Okay. Uh, that's strange. It's really strange. Um, how do you, um, how do you, uh, as mega pimp, how do you keep your women in line and follow up question? How do you, uh, stave off competitors? Well, uh, that's the thing. Okay. So I want, I want kids to understand that, that pimping is not the most noble of professions, you know, hmm, but okay. you know, there's a lot of scumbags in the, in the pimping business. Mm-hmm. But there were some good guys too. Yeah. Um, and I, I patterned it off my uncle Mortimer and they, um, you know, these are the people who care about their pimpies, their, their ladies, mm-hmm. they look out for them and they'll defend them. So you'll get assigned tasks during the game. Like, Oh, you know, somebody smacked a Barbara in the face. Yeah. And well then you're oh, it's like, okay, well then you're going to go teach that guy a lesson. And so, you know, you will, um, you will smack him back. And since, you're in a giant 30 meter tall mechanized outfit, his head will come right off. Uh huh. Now, obviously societal rules still are in effect there. So you've just murdered someone. Yeah. So how do you, how do you shake the charge? It's a future where the police force has been defunded. Oh, okay. And so they, I mean, they have glow sticks 
And what they'll do is if they're really irate at you, they wave the glow stick. And when you see a lot of glow sticks waving at you, mm-hmm. you know, you've really ticked off the cops. Well, you, that's, that sounds, um, that sounds deadly. Well, it's not because they can't do anything with glow sticks. <laughs> and how do you keep your women in line? Because, you know, that's the other thing I think you want to sort of teach kids is that, you know, you also have to maintain some sort of control. You know, you let them know you care about them. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, they're looking for a role model in their lives and you are that role model. You are the guy who sends them out to solicit uh, sex from strangers and then takes you know, 40 to 50% of their income, maybe 70, mm-hmm. could be 80. It really depends on what you, you, you can set that. It's one of the settings in the game. Oh, you that's can, cool. You can control how much you, you take from your pimpies. Mm-hmm. And and what happens when you, like one of the, the women gets addicted to drugs? Because that's, I mean, that definitely is going to happen. It does happen in the game, of course. That's in the game. Um, well, I mean, then you get sent on missions. So, you know, you need to acquire some fentanyl. Uh, <laughs> and you, but you you have like a limited period of time. You, you might have four minutes to, to get fentanyl. And so mm-hmm. this is mad dash around the city looking for a fentanyl dealer. And because, because you're a mechanized uh, machine, there's a lot of carnage and chaos. I mean, there's a lot of crushing of taxis and pedestrians. And, mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it, it's, a, it's a lot of, uh, there's a lot going on. Well, yeah, thank you for um, putting together such, a, such an accurate and realistic game. It sounds like a blast. I can't wait for my kids to play. Now, um, uh, I, I can't believe that the people who make SimCity came to you to make um, the newest version, just simply called SimCity 2021. Yes. Um, What's their modern take on cities? Well, this is a different uh, approach, I thought, and it's based on my experience here in New York. So you start off with a city. The city's Mm -hmm. already built. It's a a thriving and wonderful city. And then you elect an utter imbecile, Mm -hmm. like literally one of the dumbest people in the world. Sure. And- you, uh, you have this moron run the city into the ground. So you'll be sitting there and you'll watch like the res- the neighborhoods slowly decay. And like they, maybe the front of a building plops off into the street and you'll mm-hmm. get fun news updates. And there's all sorts of little things. That, and you'll see what it's like to preside over the destruction of a city by an incompetent buffoon. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. So what, like, what's the actual game? Like, what do you do? Cause it, it seems very passive. It just seems like you're watching this, this, uh, world-class idiot just destroy the greatest city in the world. Um, what do you do? Well, yeah, you, know, you run for president. So you actually disappear from the city. Uh, you run a failed political campaign. And mm-hmm. when you return, people are shoving each other in front of the subway. Uh, water mains are breaking everywhere. It sounds like a lot going on in that game. It's a great game. I, I, I really look for I mean, you and you can play it over and over again. It's a story that seems to repeat itself every 30 years. And what, <laughs> and what do you, um, there's some sort of, uh, um, uh, homeless toggle on yeah. the game. Like, like what, what does that do and how does that affect your city? Uh, well, you basically flip a switch and suddenly four times more homeless people appear. Oh, and you can play with, you know, you, you have different things, you know, do they shake a cup filled with coins right in your face? Mm-hmm. Uh, do they start washing your car w- without mm-hmm. your permission? Do they hold the door open for you when you're walking into the, to the deli and then right. ask you for money for, for something you could have done yourself. So like, there's a whole bunch of, of, of options you have in the game. SimCity 21. SimCity 2021. Well, it's, it's, it seems great, Brian. Good luck with that one. Thank you. Jack. Jack. Um, now here's, I mean. Talk about a classic franchise, Zelda, right? And I can't believe this is so 
in the news. I can't believe you already have this game coming out. It's called The Legend of Zelda. Link joins QAnon. Yeah, yeah. The Legend of Zelda. Link joins QAnon. My God, what what does that game look like? So Link is visited by a forest sprite. Oh, oh, cool. And the forest sprite says, Link, I know things. I'm connected. And I know what's going on with Princess Zelda. <laughs> and so he informs Link that Princess Zelda has been captured by mm -hmm. the, the evil Lord Zorgon. <laughs> and that she is being held in a dungeon somewhere mm -hmm. in the kingdom. Somewhere in the kingdom, mm -hmm. most likely under a pizzeria. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so Link embarks on his journey. And during the journey, he meets a lot of different friends. And some of them are uh, underemployed or unemployed and kind of join him. Uh, and, they're, you know, because they're looking for a mission. And so do, do they find her? So finally, they discover Pasta Tony's. Oh, here we go. There we go. And they go in and there's a secret entrance that goes downstairs mm -hmm. to a dungeon. And they break into Positoni's. They storm into the dungeon. They go down and it's, it looks like a storage room uh -huh. for, uh -huh. for a restaurant. Yeah. And, you know, so you're swiping all the, the cans of tomato sauce away. You're opening up the walk-in refrigerator and rifling through the bags of mozzarella and things. And, and then at some point, um, they all realize that she's not there, that Zelda's not in the basement of a, of a pizza restaurant. Mm -hmm. And so the adventure continues. And one by one, they start to realize that, that none of this Forest Sprite's prophecies uh, are accurate. Uh -huh. and, they're, and then at some point, they're like, what's up with that Forest Sprite? And so they return to the forest of Zorn uh -huh. and they look for the Sprite and finally they find the Sprite and it's a 22 year old dude uh, who lives in his parents' basement. What? Yeah. And he was trying to, he was just looking for something to do. So, so Zelda's fine. She's fine. Although she, she looks pale and they get concerned. So they take her to the kingdom medical center. <laughs> and what do they say at the medical center? You can imagine that there's something wrong and they, they don't have the facilities to do x-rays or anything like that or MRIs, mm -hmm. test blood. So she gets paler and paler and, and is clearly troubled by something. Mm -hmm. uh, and then when she passes away, the kingdom medical examiner discovers that her pancreas had been... <laughs> maligned by an evil entity. <laughs> I feel like you're doing a lot of heavy lifting not to say pancreatic cancer. Back then it wasn't a thing you said. Mm -hmm. In the, in the uh, forest of Zorgon. Yes. Yeah, so Zorn, the, I'm sorry. Yeah. So the evil mm -hmm. spirits just attacked her pancreas for whatever reason. Oh man. Sometimes it's just your time to go. That's what it says on her epitaph. <laughs> oh my, you got to go through the process of burying her. Yes. Man, I don't want to beat any of these games. Well, I mean, because that's kind of like they, they decide, oh, you know, we've wasted all this time. Let's make our lives useful by at least burying the princess. <laughs> and so they go to the quarry of Bandor mm -hmm. and they they uh, take some marble and granite and they, they build her kind of a ramshackle tomb because none of these people are particularly skilled. 
And uh, so it's more like a lump of rocks uh-huh. <laughs> taken from a quarry. And they mm-hmm. just kind of stuff the Princess Zelda in there as, as best as they can <laughs> and then just put more rocks on top. All right. Well, at least their heart's in the right place, I guess. Yeah. So, so this is my, uh, everyone, this is my nine-year-old son, Jack. Say hi, Jack. Hi. So, so Jack, I know you had some questions that you wanted to ask um, uh, Uncle Brian. So, so go ahead, ask anything you want. Any, anything that's on your mind, pal. How can I get my teacher to give me better grades? Uh, well, um, one way, the tried and true method is, of course, by being a really, really good student. But that's difficult. And it's much easier to play what I call the buying game. So what you do... <laughs> is you go to your dad, your dad has a drawer somewhere in his room where he keeps money. All right. He's going to have a little extra cash on hand that he pays for tips when he has delivery, whatever. You go in that drawer, you take that money and that's your school money now. And you don't need to tell your dad about it. He doesn't need to know anything. Uh, You're going to give that to your teacher and you're going to say, you know, this is from me to you. Uh, Let's make sure that report card makes my parents happy because I know they're going to be sad when they find out $300 is missing from the sock drawer. Okay. Um, my parents think I have too much screen time. How do I get more screen time from them? Well, uh, you're going to go into their room and there's going to be a drawer somewhere in the room where that has money in it. You're going to reach into that drawer. You're going to <coughs> take that money and you're going to give it to your parents and say, listen, I want more screen time. Here you go. Now they're going to think they're getting more money from you and be very happy about that. Unbeknownst to them, you've actually just taken the money. So it's like this circle of crime (laughs) and it gives you the screen time you need and it gives them the money they want. Okay. Um, how do you get girls to like you? Um, well, if you find a girl in your school who you like, say her name was Rebecca. And you see Rebecca in class and she looks at you and she smiles and kind of gives you that, that sign that uh, she might like you. You got to build up a little courage and walk over to her and say, I have three years to live. (laughs) (laughs) And that's going to tell Rebecca that she needs to hurry. Okay. (laughs) Because she needs to, to get to know you and fall in love very quickly. Uh, Unbeknownst to her though, you're going to be completely fine. But what you want to do is pressure somebody into making rash decisions very quickly, impulsively, and, and loving you on false pretenses. Okay. Um, what's a prom and what do you do there? Uh, a prom is a, is a, a dance that I, I was hoping to go to with Rebecca, uh, <laughs> but she caught on that I wasn't actually going to be dead in three years. And, uh, and she was very bitter, very, very angry at me for lying to her. And uh, so she uh, took the kid and she moved away. And I I didn't go to the prom. I I sat at home and and played on my computer uh, because I had more screen time than you. (laughs) Wait, wait a minute. Did you and Rebecca had a kid together? Yeah. (laughs) You know, she thought I only had three years to live. So everything. With, with what disease did you tell her you had? I told her I had pancreatic cancer. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a shock. Oh, okay. Not really. <laughs> um, why does my dad go around telling my mom he's better than you? Oh, uh, Jack. 
Well, um, I don't know if you know this, but your mom and I were married for many years. Uh, we had uh, several children that you haven't met. They'd be your half brothers and half sisters. There's uh, Kiki, uh, which is why you have a cat named Kiki because your your mother wanted to keep that name in the house. She's and uh, Carson. Carson is a is your half brother, uh, which is why your mother named the dog Carson. And then there's Eden One, uh, which is your half sister. <laughs> Um, and, and then there's Jack, Jack Jr., which is a different Jack. Not to be the, so, um, we lived in a farm and it was very well decorated because your mother's good at decorating. But then, you know, people grow up and, and they find out that their husband doesn't have pancreatic cancer. And so they get angry and, and then they, they leave, they leave me with the kids and then they go off and marry Jack, your dad. And your dad says that he's better than me because better than I, because, um, he's, he's still angry that somewhere out there in the world is, is Kiki and Carson and Eden one and Jack, Jack Jr. Uh, and he knows that those kids are, um, just amazingly good kids. And then he sees his kids, Jack Jr. And, and Eden, he's just like, why are these kids? What happened? What did I do wrong? And then he bursts into tears. Okay. That's a, a veiled shot at you. That's not veiled. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> now it's my daughter's turn. Eden, you know, what, what's some life advice that you want to ask Brian? How about, um, how do you choose the right boy to start a family with? How That's just inappropriate. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Great. I think we now have to leave me feeding my kid a question into the show. <laughs> well, is there any, is there any romantic advice that you would like to ask Brian? Cause you know, he's, he's dated lots and lots and lots and lots and nope. lots and lots of girls. So he's going to have some good. Let me stop you right there. Okay. He only found one girl and just decided to marry her because he doesn't know any other girls because they always pass by him in the hallway, not even noticing that he's there. <laughs> well, that's hurtful. Burn. Uh, um, she's my first wife. She's your first date. <laughs> wow. Uh, no, soon she'll be breaking up with you. She's not no, she likes me. No. I'm pretty sure you just went on this TV show where you have to marry the first person you see You're, or the first girl. Wow. Okay. So you think I won my wife on a TV show? Yeah. And so, that's definitely the only thing that makes sense. I mean, you wouldn't fall in love with you. Well, I wouldn't. I've been married for 20 years. She doesn't love you. She just married the first guy she saw. <laughs> wow. Now, do you have any questions? Now, Brian has such a wealth of no, knowledge. No, I know. I just came to humiliate him. Just came to humiliate him. Okay. Oh, well, I rep. thought this was going to be a chance for my kids to ask some questions, but I, no, I guess. it's just time for me to humiliate him more. Okay. I guess my eight-year-old just Top hates shot. you that much. Well, um, I've been uh, humiliated by an eight-year-old. You're a dirty diaper, man. Man. All right, bully, get out of here. I've been bullied by an eight-year-old. You've been burned by an eight-year-old, son. Right. You can do, wow, buddy boy. Uh, you can do my roast. And you can just make toast. Okay, goodbye. All right, bye. <laughs> 
Jack, guess what? What? We have some more potential sponsors. People who have, have noticed the show and, and see a possibility of getting in early, of getting in, or they want to advertise on the show, and uh, they want you to to be the guy who reads the copy, not me. For whatever reason, I don't take it personally. It's business, right? And all I have to do is read their advertising copy? Yep. The only thing is you, you got to be super professional. You can't break up. You can't, you know, you got to give them a solid read. Uh, so so any, any way that I might break or... Or, or anything that then we lose the money. You need to just be professional. Okay. And, and well, can I just read them ahead of time? Because no. I, I have not seen these. No, there's a, there's a thing in the advertising world called a uh, fresh read. Okay. And, and it gives the, it gives the product more um, believability and it connects better with the audience when, when the person reads the script fresh on sight unseen. Okay. I'll take your word for it. I know you know more about advertising than I do. So great. I, I'm in. I sent it to you while you were talking. Okay. Oh my gosh, that's great. Way to <coughs> consolidate time. Yes. Okay, Brian, I just got it okay. and I have opened it up. Read away, sir. Okay, here we go. Hmm. Questionable material with Jack and Brian is brought to you by Consuela's Cantina, the most authentic Mexican restaurant experience north of the border. When Consuela Santiago immigrated to America in 1987, she came with only the clothes on her back and a dream. To open a restaurant and share her family's traditional recipes with everyone in her adopted country. Her other dream was for her husband, Eduardo, to join her. But he was kidnapped and later decapitated by a rival narco syndicate. <laughs> His loss is your gain because all the passion she once had for her dear husband, Eduardo, was immediately refocused into her cooking. Instead of lying in bed with her phenomenally... <laughs> Instead of lying in bed with her phenomenally endowed husband, she stands in the kitchen creating mouthwatering dishes for her customers. Sure, she pines for his loving embrace and musky scent, but he's gone now. When you come to Consuelos, you can enjoy the authentic taste of Mexico without fear of being kidnapped and decapitated by a rival narco syndicate. You may have had Mexican food before, but rest assured you haven't had real Mexican until you've eaten at Consuelos. Check out the glowing reviews on Yelp and may blessed God curse the soulless devils in the Sinala cartel and condemn them to hellfire for their crimes. Our guacamole is out of this world. Well, why, why in, in the Mexican food commercial, why talk about the endowment of the, the missing man? You know what? I don't write the commercials. <laughs> You know, we're at the mercy of the ad agencies and the copy they write. I I don't know why they do what they do. Uh, there must be a reason to it. I haven't been in advertising for a while, so maybe I'm just missing something. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know what market that opens up for you. I mean, I, I just want like you know some good enchiladas, and and now I'm just thinking about Consuela getting. That oh, doesn't matter. Second one's on the way. Okay. Okay, I just got it. All right. I have it open and ready to go. Take her away. <clears throat> Questionable material with Jack and Brian is brought to you by Bertelli and Partners Financial Services. For over 20 years, Kevin Bertelli and his partners have helped clients manage their financial assets so that they can make the most of their money. On average, our clients see annual gains of 9 to 12% in their portfolios. Kevin Bertelli and his partners are so devoted to their clients that they're all single. 
Kevin's wife, Margaret, left him seven years ago, took the kids. Kevin didn't even notice. All he cares about is the financial well-being of his clients. Talk about dedication. Kevin's partner, Alan, hasn't lain with a lady since graduating from Princeton. Does he care? No. He cares about his clients and his clients only. His sexual needs come second, pun intended. Come on, I was doing so good. Kevin's partner, Lewis, only has sexual relations on a transactional basis with non-trafficked with non-trafficked sex workers, giving him the opportunity for the release of pent-up sexual energy, but without the time constraints of building a relationship or having a family. Those things get in the way of solid financial management, and as much as Lewis fears dying alone and unloved, his clients come first, pun intended. Kevin's newest partner, Ellen, is hyper-focused on her work, and by being both attractive yet utterly disinterested, she provides a unique level of unresolved sexual tension in the office that our partners channel into their work. Bertellian Partners provides unparalleled financial management. Our philosophy is simple. Assets before ass. Call Bertellian Partners today. You know, like halfway, I, mean, I was like killing it. I was so professional. You were doing pretty well there. I was getting excited. I thought, here we go. Here's a client. We're going to get some money. And uh, and then the wheels fell off. You know, and, and financial institutions and this sort of thing, like those people spend money on advertising. That would have really helped. They are loaded. They are, you know, they, they got the funds, but uh, we don't. And we don't. <sighs> I'm, so, I'm sorry, Brian. I, I don't mean to blow this for us. No, I understand. We have a third chance. Okay. All right. Third chance. You can do it. I'm feeling very confident. Okay. Thank you. And I just, I just got it and I've opened it up. Tell me when you're ready. I'm ready. Okay. Questionable material with Jack and Brian is brought to you by Brick Card, the credit card that is a brick. With Brick Card, you get the convenience of a credit card combined with the convenience of a brick. Say goodbye to misplacing your credit card. It's impossible to misplace brick card because it's a four and a half pounds, three and five eighths inches deep, two and a quarter inches high and eight inches long. Brick card is widely accepted by a few merchants. And the great thing is if they don't accept brick card, you can use your brick card to threaten them because even though brick has a generous credit limit and low interest rate, it's a brick and can hurt you. Just try and knock someone's teeth out with a MasterCard or Amex, and you'll soon realize that BrickCard is head and shoulders above the rest. Also, use Brick on the head and shoulders for maximum effect. BrickCard offers reward points that can that can be applied to airlines, hotels, and building walls. And it's the only credit card you can carry that will protect you from violent thugs. BrickCard is a great entry-level credit card slash brick, and especially for those with low or bad credit. To get your brick card, visit any hardware store. Brick card from the people who brought you Shed Wallet, the wallet that is a shed. <laughs> oh man, damn! Shed Wallet? Yeah, never heard of it. I mean, it seems like this uh, this company advocates violence. I mean, I, I think we could probably be liable in some way. Maybe it's best that I blew that one. I just it would be nice to just. <sighs> I know. I'm sorry. Get a little income from the thing. Well, we could, we could take out a, a brick card and, and go around raising some funds that way. Yeah. It's a, it's a, you know, it's a, if they'll, if they'll have us. <clears throat> well, You're this, disappointed in me. Listen to you. I'm so, I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. I just, I keep getting hopeful and then, and then it f f falls apart. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Brent. I'm sorry to end the podcast on a, on a, 
the lowest note we've ever ended on. As my great grandfather said, um, right on his deathbed, there's always tomorrow. <laughs> That was questionable material. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Make sure to review the podcast. Make sure to visit qmpodcast.com. 